Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Buenos dias, Iglesia. Good morning, church. It's good to be here. To those that don't know me, my name is Esteban or Esteban, and I'm one of the pastors here at Emmanuel Faith. Today I'll have the privilege to share with you from God's Word. So are you ready to hear from God's Word? Okay, before, before we start, let me welcome those that are watching online. Uh, just, you know, know that we are constantly praying for you as well, and we wish to see you soon here uh, as well with us. Uh, my prayer this morning is that through the proclamation of the Word, God will speak into the core of who we are, not only as individuals, but as well as the local church. To begin with, I would like to ask if you have noticed that lately our society has become more and more suspicious and critical of the church. I think that we have all noticed that trend. Unfortunately, if things keep going in the direction they are, the influence of the church in the United States will continue to decline. Now, as members of the body of Christ and as people who seek for the peace and prosperity of our society, this doesn't seem like a good thing. Yet, this is our reality. Let me ask you, have you ever wondered if there's something we could do as the church to improve our reputation? I know that the world is never going to truly love us. For the message we believe and proclaim is offensive to those who live in sin. But perhaps there's something we could do to give a better impression to our society. I think that we can definitely do something. I mean, there's always room for growth. And there's always something that we could do differently. There are probably many things that we could do. But I will suggest that before going too far with exploring new ideas, we should probably start by revisiting a biblical practice that has been very effective throughout the history of the church. A practice that has helped the church in the past to build a good reputation and to reach new people with the gospel. I'm talking about the practice of hospitality. Biblical hospitality is a practice of welcoming strangers into our lives. A practice that allows us to tell them, mi casa es tu casa. Are you ready to practice your Spanish? <laughs> Say with me, mi casa, mi casa es tu casa. Mi casa es tu casa. Emmanuel Faith, if we want to keep growing our influence in North County and in the city of Escondido, we need to make sure that we get really, really good at welcoming strangers in our lives. Please open your Bibles to 3 John. For the next two weeks, we will study the shortest book in the New Testament, the third letter of John. If you have no idea where to find it, go to the end of your Bible. You'll find it just before the letter of Jude and the book of Revelation. The letter of 3 John is certainly a tiny letter. It's only about 200 words long in the original Greek language. But this doesn't mean 
that the content of this short letter is less important than the content that you'll find in other books in the Bible. Keep in mind that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be fully equipped for every good work. In other words, in the scriptures, God has revealed everything we need to know in order to be effective in ministry. So, if as a local church, we ambition to make a bigger impact in our community and in our society, we should allow God's word to shape our approach and strategy to serve those around us. Now, before we continue, let me read out loud our passage of study. I'll be reading from the NIB, 3 John chapter 1, verses 1 through verse 8. The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. Even as your soul is getting well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth. Telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters. Even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. You know... One of the reasons why I'm very excited on teaching about this uh, short letter is because this letter is extremely practical. In this letter, John celebrates that his friend Gaius was doing a great job welcoming strangers in his life. Gaius was putting into practice what the scriptures command in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 that says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Now maybe you are wondering, why is the practice of hospitality such a big deal for the followers of Jesus? Well, that's the question that 3 John will answer for us. So let's dive into our study. In the opening of the letter, John introduces himself as the elder. And there are at least two reasons why John introduces himself in this way. The first one is that John was already an older man when he wrote this letter. And the second is that John was a well-known spiritual leader of the first century church. If you have read the Bible, you will know that John is one of the original disciples of Jesus. One day... Jesus encountered John and called him to follow him. That day, John left his old life behind in order to follow Jesus. And for about three years, he spent his time walking in the company of the Savior of the world. John got to experience the beauty, the love, the compassion, the power, and the majesty of our Lord firsthand. Yet witnessed. The fullness of the person and the work of the Son of God. 
He got to listen to his teachings and to see his amazing miracles. On one occasion, John heard Jesus saying, there is plenty of room for you in my father's home. On a different occasion, the Lord called John and the other disciples friends. Jesus said to them in John 15, 15, I no longer called you servants. Instead, I have called you friends. Later on, Jesus commanded his disciples to love one another. And he warned them of the hostility that they will experience in the world. A few days later... John got to witness the crucifixion, the, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord. As the years passed by, John wrote one of the Gospels that we have in the New Testament. In his introduction, he says the following about Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and Truth. John was so impacted by the truth and love of Jesus that soon he began to introduce himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. But there's more. As a member of the inner circle of the disciples, John was designated by Jesus as one of his 12 special messengers, his 12 apostles. John became a man sent on a mission. His mission was to go and make disciples of all nations. This was definitely a big task for John and for the other apostles. For the apostles were, were simple men and the world was huge back then. No technology and the means of transportation weren't as they are today. But Jesus... Made sure that they were fully equipped in order to succeed in their endeavor. Fifty days after his resurrection, Jesus, the Son of God, sent the Holy Spirit as promised. That day, the Spirit of God descended from heaven upon John and a group of followers of Jesus. And they experienced what it meant to be witnesses of the resurrected Christ. As time passed by, John became one of the pillars of the church in Jerusalem. He also got to see how the church spread the message of the gospel everywhere they went. And through his ministry, John was deeply involved in the care and support of those who were sent on mission to the nations. This is precisely the reason why he wrote 3 John. A letter addressed to his friend Gaius. Look at verse 1. The elder to my dear friend Gaius. You know, I love the fact that John is mentioning that Gaius was more than a partner in ministry for him. Gaius was his friend. And as his friend, John had permission to speak into his life, not only because he had spiritual authority over him as one of the leaders of the church, but because they considered each other close companions in their journey with Jesus. Now, we don't know a lot about Gaius. 
But what we know is that Gaius was a spiritual leader of a local church, most likely in Asia Minor. But most importantly, what we know about him is that he was loved by the apostle John. Let's read the entire verse 1. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. John loved Gaius with agape love. He loved him with the love of God. The love that John had for Gaius is a love that comes from above, that comes from God. It's a supernatural love. And according to Romans 5, 5, this is the love that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This love is spiritual in nature. Now in this verse... It becomes evident that the basis of the love that John had for his friend Gaius was the truth. And in this context, the truth that John is talking about is a truth that comes as well from above. It's an objective and absolute truth. A truth that is ultimately revealed in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. A truth to which, as followers of Jesus, you and I are to be devoted. I think this is extremely significant. And, one we can, and what we can learn from this passage is the following. The basis of our friendship with other believers is the truth of Jesus. Because of the truth... Both John and Gaius were united, not only as partners in ministry, but also as good friends. You see, once we are in Christ, the basis of our relationship to other believers transcends all of our differences. The truth of Jesus unites us and equips us to love and to care for one another. Look at verse 2. Dear friend. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. As a good friend, John was expressing his desire for Gaius to be blessed by God in all the areas and circumstances of his life. And that's what good friends do. Let me ask you, do you have this kind of friends? Friends who regularly pray for you. Friends that don't want anything but the best for you. Do you have any friends like these here at church? Look around. Really, look around. Every follower of Jesus in this room could potentially become your friend. If we truly love, if we truly have, if we truly share the love of God and the truth of Jesus, then it's possible for us to become friends. I know it's not easy. But God has made it possible. We just need to take a a risk. We just need to reach out to others and introduce ourselves to them. Invite them to a cup of coffee at Starbucks or to get a carne asada burrito at Gilberto's. And maybe, maybe in time, whenever it feels okay, you can invite your new friends to come to your home. 
Now, if you are new here at Emmanuel Faith, first of all, I want to say welcome. I really hope you feel at home. We are not a perfect church, but we are trying our best to remain faithful to our Lord and to be friendly within our family and within our community as well. I hope you're experiencing some of this. Our desire is to partner with you in walking with Christ. By the way, if you are looking for opportunities to connect with other followers of Jesus, please make sure that you sign up for a life group or one of our classes. Maybe you can check out our new Exploring the Way of Jesus class starting this fall. You'll find all the information about this class and other classes in our connection guide that we will provide for you at the end of our service. Please check it out. I'm sure that you'll meet a lot of great new people. Take the risk. Believe me, I know that it's not easy, but it will be worth it. Let me tell you a story. About a year ago, we were planning to launch a new 9 a.m. service, modern service in the chapel. A few weeks before opening day, Pastor Ryan asked me if I will be interested in hosting. To be honest, I, feel, I felt very honored to be considered, but at the same time, I wasn't feeling that confident about it, even though it didn't require much. It just needed, I just needed to be present at every service, give a call to worship and a benediction or give the announcements and a pastoral prayer. That's simple. It, nothing that complicated. The problem was that I had to do it in English. Regardless, I took the risk and said, yes. I remember the first months of doing it, being more nervous about the announcements at the 9 a.m. service than about preaching in Spanish at the 10.45. It was challenging to me to do so. And still, it is. But I'm so happy that I took that risk. I'm happy because now I have a lot of friends at the 9 a.m. service in the chapel. I'm learning their names and they are learning to say mine. I pray for them and I know that they are praying for me. I have been sharing my heart to them and they are opening theirs. I don't like, I like them. I don't look, I don't look like most of them and they don't speak with an accent like I do. I call them familia and they call me pastor. They give me grace, they encourage me, and they show me their love and support. I guess they are okay having someone like me as one of their pastors. Who will have imagined, right? Not me. That's for sure. But it's happening. You know why it's happening? It's happening because of Jesus. I'm loving it because we are learning to love one another in the truth. Because of Jesus, 
John loved Gaius enough to celebrate his faithfulness to the truth. Look at verse 3. It gave me great joy when, when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth. Telling how you continue to walk in it. So apparently... A group of followers of Jesus who were doing ministry in the area where Gaius lived decided to send a report to the Apostle John. In their report, this group of missionaries wrote about the great hospitality that they received from Gaius. When John heard about the faithfulness of Gaius, he rejoiced and celebrated the investment of his dear friend in the kingdom of God. For the apostle John, it was a big deal that Gaius' testimony was found faithful by these missionaries. I think that this highlights the value of one's testimony and reputation. Every believer has a reputation. You and I, we, we have a reputation. And our reputation is built, over, is built over time as others evaluate and determine who we are. Based on our behavior. Based on what we say. As followers of Jesus, our reputation needs to be consistent with the truth. And from what we are reading... Gaius had a great reputation. You see, Gaius wasn't someone who only knew the truth. Gaius was walking in the truth. To walk in the truth means to live in conformity with the word of God. To walk in the truth implies to live in alignment with the teachings of Jesus. And as someone who was walking in the truth... Gaius willingly created hospitable spaces in his life. And I think that the same is expected from us. Jesus expects us to welcome strangers in our lives. I hope you're not surprised by this. I don't think we should, to be honest. For God has been hospitable to us. In fact, in the same way that God has extended hospitality to us, we should embrace his invitation to imitate him. You know, God has opened the doors to us despite being, being once sinful strangers to him. According to Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 23, once we were alienated from God, we were his enemies and now we have become his friends. All of this has been possible through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. In Christ, we have received the hospitality of God's grace and mercy in our lives. And now... It's our privilege to practice hospitality as evidence that we are walking in the truth. This is what John is celebrating about Gaius. He says in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. John is saying here, Gaius, you have no idea. 
You have no idea how happy it makes me to hear that you put into practice what you believe. As a good spiritual father, John rejoiced in the fact that Gaius was walking in the truth. We don't know exactly what kind of relationship John and Gaius had, but in light of, of what John is saying here, it is likely that he either led Gaius to Christ and discipled him, or that he became his mentor at some point. You know, I think there's a huge blessing to have this kind of one-on-one -on -one relationships with other believers. Investing in others so that we can... That, that we can grow in the truth is the best investment of our time and energy. And the joy, the joy that comes when we see that investment being fruitful is just priceless. John says, I have no greater joy. You cannot compete with it. Gaius, this is awesome. This is amazing. I'm so proud, so happy, so blessed that you are walking through life in this way. One of the reasons why some of us don't experience this kind of joy in our life is because we don't engage in relationships that hold us accountable to one another as we walk in the truth. One of my personal goals in doing ministry here at Emmanuel Faith is to help connect young Latinos who have no spiritual support at home with seasoned followers of Jesus that will like to invest in them. So if you're ready to invest yourself in this way, please let me know. Please fill a communication card with your information and write down in it the following. Pastor Esteban, I'm ready to welcome a stranger in my life. Just make sure that as you exit the service, you put your connection card in one of the boxes in the lobby. And I'll get in contact with you as soon as possible. You know, there's power. There's power in having someone in your corner as a new follower of Jesus or as someone who is trying to grow in him. And there is a joy that comes only when we help others to walk in the truth. But if we don't create space in our lives for others, we won't experience it. It won't come in any other way. It won't come in our time of worship, in our time in the word. It won't come in the time of prayer. It won't. Something so special and different that comes only when you invest yourself in others. And you see them growing and maturing in their walk with Jesus. We miss something beautiful when we don't invest in others. When we stop experiencing firsthand the transformational impact of the gospel in the life of others. Especially when they are younger than us or newer in the faith than us. We miss something. 
We miss an opportunity to experience the joy that comes by seeing others walking in the truth. An opportunity that John didn't miss in regards to Gaius. In this letter, the apostle is, celebrated, is celebrating that Gaius received in his house a group of missionaries that he didn't previously know. Look at verse 5. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. Now, I know that these days it won't be safe to open our the houses, the doors of our houses to strangers, even if they claim to be followers of Jesus. So I'm not going to suggest you to do so. I'm sure that things were a little different in the context of Third John. To begin with, we don't receive many missionaries from other countries here in the United States. We actually have more experience sending them to other places in the world. But I think. That we have a great opportunity to practice hospitality with our brothers and sisters in our local church. Who are still strangers to us. Brothers and sisters who we still don't know that well. I think that it will be great if we will take advantage of the opportunity that we have here at Emmanuel Faith to meet people that are of from different, that are different from us, people from different cultures, from different age groups, or of different ethnicities. The blessing of coming to a church our size is that there's always a chance to meet new people, to learn new names, to hear new stories. I hope, I mean, your faith, I hope that we take advantage banish of this beautiful opportunity keep in mind that those that are around you that look a little bit strange to you are not strangers to Jesus Jesus knows them well they are your family in Christ and we are to love them. Look at what uh, the second point, you know, says. We are to love strangers as we walk with Jesus. That's what we are doing. We're walking. We're going through this journey with Jesus. And we are not doing it alone. We are going in the company of other followers of Jesus. And to walk with Jesus implies to love others. And by the way... What good is to love, is it to love those who love us? We need to learn to love the brothers and the sisters that are still strangers to us. And a great way of showing our love to them, our love to them is by creating space for them in our lives through the practice of hospitality. By showing hospitality to strangers, Gaius' loving reputation became well known among the church. Gaius was becoming very famous among the followers of Jesus. For apparently this group of missionaries, they couldn't stay quiet. They needed to share, my goodness, if you ever are in the area, go and knock at the door of Gaius. He's amazing. He's awesome. 
He took care of us. He loved us. He provided for us. And he didn't know us. But he believed in our mission because our mission was his mission as well. He embraced us as one of them. They have told the church about your love. <laughs> Gaius, I'm so proud of you. He's not celebrating his knowledge of theology. He's not celebrating that he's amazing serving within the church. He wasn't celebrating that he was able to memorize scripture. He was celebrating that he knew how to love. You see, not only a bad reputation has the potential to travel fast, but also a good reputation does. I'm sure that John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was very pleased to hear that Gaius' loving reputation was going a long way. His love for the strangers who lived on mission was remarkable. What we are about to learn next is that every time we help a stranger, every time we approach a stranger, everyone we invite a stranger into our lives, God is glorified. And to glorify God is to honor him for who he is and for what he has done. As followers of Jesus... Her main goal in life is to glorify God, is to honor Him. But her actions and a way of doing it is by partnering in mission with other followers of Jesus. For we honor God every time we partner with strangers. You see, John knew that these strangers were not building their own kingdom. These brothers and sisters were not making a name for themselves. Their desire and goal was to share the message of Jesus and to magnify his name. Look at the second part of verse 6. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. And then verse 7. It was for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans. I think this is very insightful. In this verse, John is sharing with Gaius that these brothers and sisters went out of their comfort zone as missionaries for the sake of the name. That they went out for the sake of the name that is about, above every name, the name of Jesus. And that they were making all of those sacrifices so that others could hear the good news of the gospel free of charge. So John encouraged Gaius to keep partnering with them. 
to keep supporting them financially, to keep helping them in a way that brings honor to God, for they were depending entirely of the generosity of those who loved the truth as much as Gaius did. Now, let's read the last verse of our passage of study. Verse 8. This is my favorite one, by the way. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together in the truth. I love this verse. I love it because I think that it paints a beautiful picture of what could be possible if we keep opening our hearts to other followers of Jesus who live on mission When we create hospitable spaces for other believers in our lives, we get to participate with them. We get to participate with them in living and spreading the truth of Jesus. These are the kinds of, the kind of friendships that we need in our lives. So I want to encourage you this morning, Emmanuel Faith. Let's continue to practice hospitality within the people of God. And I will suggest that we should extend it even towards those that are not yet part of God's family. Let's show our hospitality to those that don't know the Lord yet. You know, maybe the influence of the church in the United States will continue to decline as our society wanders further and further from God. Yet, as the people of God, we must remain committed to continue to live on mission. We must, we must continue to extend the mercy and the grace of God to everyone in our city Relying on the fact that the truth of Jesus through the practice of hospitality has the power to turn strangers into friends. Would you like to show up to a church where everyone is friendly? Yes or not? That's fair. Would you like to show up to a local church with a bunch of your friends? Yes or not? We know we need it. And what we are learning today is that it's possible. Emmanuel Faith, let's keep opening the doors of our hearts to those that are far from God. Let's keep being a hospitable church. Let's keep building a friendly reputation in our community for the sake of the name of Jesus. For there is still plenty of room in our Father's house. That's the reason we exist. God the Father has decided to use the church to proclaim in word and in action the message of His Son, Jesus Christ. A message of forgiveness and redemption. A message of love and salvation. A message of reconciliation and restoration. A message that calls to repent and to come back home. Will you stand with me please?
if I will be with the Spanish-speaking congregation, I will ask them to hold their hands. <laughs> and they will do it. <laughs> Let's not do it this morning here. <laughs> Let's digest what we just heard. Bow your head, close your eyes. Father, here we are. What a beautiful opportunity you have provided for us at being part of Emmanuel Faith. So grateful for the family that you have provided for me and my family. My daughters love this place. My wife loves our church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to ask you to please help every single one of us to learn to see each other with grace, with kindness. Will you allow us, Lord, to stop following the trends in our society that just keep isolating one another out there? And allow us to be your church. To be open to spend time with people that love you through the week. To consider the possibility of having a barbecue for, for those that we are getting to know. That we will be open to listen to the stories of those new in our congregation. Will you help us, Lord, to be a welcoming church? For 80 years, you have been faithful, Emmanuel faith. You have allowed us, Lord, to be a church of great, of great reputation in our community. What we are facing next, it might be a really tough season for followers of Jesus like us. But we will remain committed to love you and honor you to walk in the truth. Loving one another. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.